Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. Hi everyone, welcome. Thanks for coming out tonight for a reading by Miriam Parhiskar and Audra Wallowick. Miriam's gonna go first, we'll take a short break and then Audra will give a reading followed by a brief or not so, a multimedia installation performance. Miriam Parhiskar writes, researches, and works via her musical training. Her ear informs her poems, creating an array of rhythms, syllables, spaces, and line breaks that when read or heard out loud reveal subtleties, slight shifts in perspective that bring the readers back to their bodies and draws them earthward. Miriam is currently completing her MA concentration in American Studies at the CUNY Graduate Center. In addition, she is the managing editor of Litmus Press and the author of Pull, a Ballad, published by The Operating System in 2014. Her lyric essay on Sun Ra and Clarice Lispector will be coming out with Portable Press at Yo-Yo Labs at the end of this year. She'll be accompanied by David Sutkowski on guitar for her performance. Please welcome Miriam. Thanks for coming, everybody. I'm gonna start with a few poems and then I'm going to do a piece later where I accompany, my, accompany myself on the viola, which is something I've never done before. So we're all in this grand experiment together, but I'm, I'm glad to do it at the Poetry Project. Um, I also wanted to say that today is um, one year after the death of Mary Baraka, um, and someone who's very important for this space and organization. So, you know, let's remember him today as well. Um, I'm gonna begin with a poem called Counterpoint Two, which is from a series called um, Counterpoints and Inventions. I see the Red Riding Hood turning in a tide of faceless wolves. I remember a version of the story where she is caught, eaten, slaughters the animal from within its belly. Here she knows what she is doing. I make a variation, indiscriminate. The women, thinking of their destinations, passing each other on the street. Headfirst, I run down the path into the direction of the sun, grateful for my anonymity. When I am not a woman, I am a creature ramming its head against the wall to signal hunger. In my sincere melodrama, I am dying from something scratching at my organs. From the body of a man, Clarice says, every day spent living is a day away from death. Not that I wish for death, but the wonder of the possibilities that come after. Specificities of the matter do not explain, but make extrapolations. From the station, David wants to know if it is so bad that he thinks of us as just another animal. He says, every day I look at the mirror and I see a washed up hairless beast not knowing his own terror. As we waited to leave, the man against the wall played music to tell us that he was hungry. In the dream, I made a fallback plan for something that I cannot recall. And the plan was a feedback loop made from the letters floating in space. And the loop was a song, mnemonic, memory, anniversary for something I could not recall past the moment right before I awoke. Adversarial is the memory, my revisionist take on matters. How it must be to locate the coherence of what all hangs and what we breathe. In another version of the story, it is the wolves who depart from the plague that guts them alive, harming no one in the process. In another version of the story, nobody missed anything that happened before the revelation. 
Running into the wall of the sun, I dissemble my pieces, disassemble my pieces, taking on a multiplicity of time. This is called astonishment. How this finger fidgets to the touch. How I find it scraping through the homeless circuits of information, trying to render the components of the day into something comprehensible. I am my finger. I am only a machine. If you're seeking my fullness, seek me out by my full shape. A system, the nuance of breathing, transference of the lung to the blood to the twitch, Motion casts a signal and I malfunction in response, fold at the digit, fold to the feel. I remember a kind of contact, miss it, porous tangerines in our mother's garden and then taking in the scent, wetness of the stray who became our companion for hunger, porous clay pulled up through the dirt, something I had forgotten, haptic awe at the ground, at the hair, at the skin. Folds by which we count our graces, which exactly I cannot tell you, but I live in fear of a loss of one which I cannot yet apprehend. Graces of the poet's hands. I remember seeing them on the screen and how they moved when she spoke, orchestrating the breaths by which speaking and response were rendered possible. And I want to orchestrate possibility in this way, in my fingers. I am my finger, I am a fidgeting machine. I speak my own whole name in vain. I make an imperfect circle, what your father said of things gone in the way, an astonishment that could be loved and grieved and loved again and all at once. What cannot be fully possessed, all rendered incomprehensible, peculiar, yes, possessed as snakes out of reach of their own tails, as sacred deserts, as saints for guidance, information, hands in the air, circuits of which this every day and every day in its entirety. If you seek my fullness, seek me out by my full shape. If you seek my fullness, find me there in my clasping figure, press, press, pressing awake. So this poem is called I Hold It Towards You, and it's after um, a poem by Keats, actually, called uh, This Living Hand. Um, and if you're a Jeff Buckley fan, I should say there's a Buckley reference in there. I have to give him credit. I hold it towards you, which is to say, there is validity in these gestures. No explanation but extrapolation via the limbs, by which I mean or think I mean collectivity as a part of speech. Come again. The radio channeling and exaltation of larks, what it is to be euphonious. In a dream, I was an organ tuner knifing the pipes to make the building run. In a dream, I was... In a dream, I was an organ tuner knifing the pipes to make the building run. This well-tempering as the articulation of the maladjustment of the details. I put my boots on in order to stay awake, told daily, oh, disobedient child, don't you know that the moral of the story is no shirt, no shoes, no service? Come again, come again. Our sky is a landfill, prophetic chanteur singing from the dead, and I am moving with everyone and moving toward those doors. Hello. Heavy is the hold, the metal of the beating of the Tourette good morning. Honestly, to hell with you people sometimes. How that is for sublime beauty. Door that I hold, hello, hello, extrapolation of the limb, by which I mean, I mean, I remember when someone said, you are my reality, in order to keep me awake. And even then, in the dream that followed, we were all in the same house together, no one upset by the facts. Suppose this hand were a living hand. Suppose this hand were a warm hand, a capable hand, how some time ago might return, linger, stay around for a while. This hand, this revelator, this hand, an earnest hand, this hand, a hard worker, all the things I have built with it, all the things it ever held dear. If I hold all this towards you, which is to say, which is to say, if the fire does not burn through, then what of the flame to the fingers?
This is a longer piece called I Am My Animal. Because I cannot go alone, I call my animal to lead me to the place each time. My animal is wise. Each time I am in my machine, she looks for me in the window, finds my eyes, steps before me. As she walks into the dark, she looks to my direction so that I do not lose her. My animal is my double, my negative space. As I follow her, I fall into her. She is my sibling, she is my hands, my feet. I follow her into the dark, fall into her, feel my bones atrophy into what is not visible as the bones of an old musician blowing into a horn, eyes closed, becoming the cord, becoming the endless waves that move outward, dissipating. In my dissolved state, I finally find what I have always wanted, the tenderness of a trillion particles, their endlessness in numbers. My animal is far away and she is close with me. She is my double, she is, she is in the particles and together we are infinite. We fly and we are in the smog. We are in the air, we are in the clouds. I am in the air and all the hues, the blue, the gray, the burning orange on the horizon, the warmth radiating onto the planet. I am the cold molecules falling towards, towards the hills, falling towards the city. My animal is with me. She is my double, my sibling, my ecstatic saint. She takes me with her, we fall together, and both of us ecstatic, we fall, fall, fall to the city where we become rain, become ash, become detritus, become dirt, become germ. I become the virus, no longer afraid of death. I have transcended the anxiety of my future death. I kill, I live, I die, I exit the body, I am light. I am giving light. I reflect upon the steel of the buildings. I am heat moving outward. I am a current traveling through the, water, through the wire, wielded for the charging of the city. I am a spark. I escape. I burn the skin, embed into a scar, scar form a birthmark, form a constellation, spill into a lover. I am with her, my animal. I am my animal double, my sibling, my saint. I am everything, and I lose my particles and fall, fall, fall. I fall to the church. I am in the church of the city, in the copper gates, in the holy water, in the cornerstone, in the cast statues of saints, in the aged lead paint of the walls, in the copper of the organ pipes, in the air of the organ pipes, in the breath of the simultaneous amens. I am in the word amen. I am in the incense smoke intertwining with myself as the word. The pipes blow and we accelerate outward into the air. We are in the air. We fall, fall, fall. We are in the city. We are in the concrete. We are in the blood of the concrete. We are in the flesh. We are in the morning. We are the bullet. We are the impact. We are plunging into ourself, a dynamic implosion. We are what we are. We are mourning ourselves. We are whole in our exponential trillion. We are, we are the animal and I. We are mourning. We are no longer afraid of the unknown that is loss. We are in the hands and the fingers of the mourners. We become loss itself. We are in the salt of the tears, in the dust, in the tears, in the water, in the body. We are loss itself. We are lost, but we also give. We are the air expelled from the mouths. We are the words themselves. We are currents. We are the friction, then spark, then current again, then another word, then another word, then another word. We fly into the air, outward, outward, onto the brim of the spilling of time. We find ourselves in the tone of a chord. Something strikes us and all my parts are summoned. I am rematerialized. I am awake. I have lost my animal. For recomposure, I utter a prayer. And when I find her, she is a breath on the tip of my tongue. And I am glad. I am glad. The feel, the pull, the sadnesses that cannot be conjectured, just present, felt. When the history of weeping at all the sudden burials for which are dissembling, our words, our melancholia just will not do. 
When the hiccup of the lament stumbles through our long form, longing our real time, our time passing through. The phrase running, longing, how long, how long, whole like some stars all happening on their own accords. New gravitas, and here we are. We are in its cold. The more our words come through, the more the blithering pictures unidentifiable in the density. The more the words come through, the more we hear them like lost books and so always on the mind, apocryphal. The failed experiment of songs that stay close to home, home that is the heart, though no words will sing for it from it. In the mute eligibility, there are the variations to be made, phrases to be held, to be parsed out, try as we might, no theories, pulling that heart through all the words. What words? These words, these words, all words, no, no words, what words, those words, those words. Then along the fringe we move fast, searching, holding to some dangerous conviction. Supposing the end were to come emanating from a palm, a fiery palm, a weight symphonic density of the lowest thing, strings or a summoning horn. If then, supposing we felt it, we felt the pull from its pedestal, how does it undo itself from there? There is a difficulty, a collapsing of its meter, a lung or approximately a heart or a door, a lost book or a lighthouse. A light moving along, moving along the lights for home. A light, a house in your palm, and honest things for the holding time, the holding time, the holding time. If then, supposing the end of this time, as we have known it, were to come in the form of a song, would we hear it building upon itself, something in the fiery palm wordless, the long line, enough to make all the skeptics of the world keel over. Supposing the pitch would bend the light and the pitch bending the matter, and that is how it will go, all crux toward this new inclination. We are told what is right and then what is tried, what is just and then what is true. What is praise, and then what is said, what is done, and then what is loved. To think of such things. Holding the time, time that holds us, we sift through it, passing into the interludes for the holding time. To think of such things.
she grew up in a place whose name was taken away by those who wanted it for their own speculations, taking the name to me make it into a suspension of disbelief, something akin to the sense of, I should have known better, but no, I will not. They coined the name to describe things, not quite true beliefs, but their impositions, their impostors, things to contradict the true ones, though we may be quite aware of the reality of the situation. Suppose you were to ask for an explanation and instead comes a definition, an insistence on some hypothetical. Imagine that you are standing on a, bal a balcony of glass, they say. You may believe in your safety, but a part of you is deceived into the feeling of danger. Suppose the house were precarious, the walls appear solid. Then the ceiling caves in and suddenly there you are in a room designed to test the capacity of something like unconditional love. Building a house then, no anticipation that things would manage to break into themselves. A particular kind of safe like in the feel-good movies where in the end the animals all make it back home. Things like that could happen maybe. The glass balcony is still glass. Suppose we hung certain objects on the walls of the house asking them to mean something. How to be a strand among all the beautiful things. Though we do not see through the walls erected, we make a juxtaposition with what is ugly. Do you remember when the father told us the story of the girl who evaded death by massacre in a faraway country, locked in a small room breaths away from the ex executioners by remaining in prayer for many days? Oh, how beautiful the details. Oh, how good, oh, how good. All that is given, all forgiven. Oh, let me be grateful to be alive. bowing our heads as he says the words, now let us pray. Oh, let us be grateful for this living. Suppose you were told 
moving alongside the lights, we will find ourselves in the periphery of other people's pictures. Particle, what does you in? The mid-thought and the aftermath of dissipation is rendered another place. Thank you for sharing that experience with me. That was really weird. <laughs> I told my classical musician friends to uh, brace themselves. So I have one more poem for you, and then David and I are going to do just a very quick song, and then that's it. This is called For I Know Not What I Do. Praise, praise to the anonymity of the strangeness. Anomalous weather patterns, unease of a day-to-day, -day, dazzling, deteriorating. The broken skin and oil burns. The dark road home, wavering radio, this good life, and empty storefronts on the shuddering street. The tempestuous, the shot that knocks us to the ground, tattered flags on wired branches. All the papers and last names, multi-part inventions, all the interpreters, all the bones we leave in the boundary. Christian brothers on the signal, our sleep walk together on the tongues as we take what is before us, inverting atrocity into Armageddon, into a shattering of intervals. And all the beach dogs who make the end of the world their home in equatorial balance on the plain, we know, charcoal we left in the sand, what we made at the edge of the water, all the light of the world burning, burning. How lonely sits the place once filled with people I had loved how the extremities come to when I think of it. A little backstory to this song. Um, I wrote it a long time ago, and I've always wanted to play it. Um, it's a response to William Carlos Williams Patterson, um, the scene in which the beautiful thing um, there's a reference to the beautiful thing and she's just violently you know, raped and she's supposed to be this sort of symbol. I mean, people talk about her as this being, being a symbol for modernism and just making it new. And I just had, I don't know, I was very troubled by it and I don't really know what this song means, but we'll see what happens.
Thank you. Next up is Audra Wallowick. Through sculpture, installation, text, and performance, interdisciplinary artist Audra Wallowick makes conceptually driven work with an emphasis on sound and the material qualities of language. Audra seamlessly weaves her way through a vast collection of materials that range from the physically tangible to the ephemeral, while simultaneously peeling back the surface to explore the hidden textures that compose each of these forms. She received a BFA from the University of Michigan and an MFA from the Rhode Island School of Design. Her work has been shown at Magnin Metz, Reverse, Art in General, Socrates Sculpture Park, MoMA PS1, and the Center for Performance Research. She has been an artist in residence at Bemis Center for Contemporary Art and the Physics Department at the University of Oregon. In, her, in addition, her work has been featured in Time Out New York, The Brooklyn Rail, Hyperallergic, Penn Sound, and MIT's Thresholds. Please welcome first time reader, performer at the Poetry Project, Audra Wallowick. Thank you so much. Um, as mainly a visual artist, this is slightly different for me. So um, just you know, bear with me, and I'm really happy to be here. Um, also, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be paired with uh, Miriam. Uh, I think as uh, you know, being interested in sound and maybe like a sonic landscape are the things that tie us together. And she has something on her website that I've had on my desk for a while. Um, she wrote. Um, I'm increasingly convinced that one could approximate the weight of anything by its sound quality, um, which I also agree with. I wanted to start with um, a publication I did with Christine Howe a couple years ago. Um, Christine read at uh, a sculptural installation I did at a gallery. Um, and we kind of emailed each other back and forth for about a month, uh, images and text. And so I was uh, curious to see how this, how my end would hold up as maybe fragments. Um, 
as part of a whole. So Christine um, uh, began the book saying, I have been asked to respond to sound. A voice extruded. She says, we hear in order to listen. Inside that macro and and flope of noise is the all. Nascent melodies, harmonies, beats and rhythms, star-like in their birth. Harmonic convergences. Sensory disobedience. I wonder too what a landscape sounds like. A mountain, the curve of the spine, or smoke from a pipe. The line from your eyes to your hands as notes are composed. Hide quoted text, show quoted text. When outside sounds are no longer, we hear inwards. Life seeps in. Ships, slugs, honey. Is that what you mean by a sonic rap? Words like feathers on the roof of your mouth. Distinction is lost between where one ends and the other begins. A natural degradation, a a landscape of concrete, actively refusing performance, muted in its materiality, but the opposite of immobile, a warning, it sounds. A measurement of noises, a voice cloud, a murmuration, a sound that you can see. A leaning towards a whole fragment, to elucidate gaps, a generosity to allow spaces, inviting each other a glimpse behind closed curtains, a dialogic tourism to escape quiet interiors. Can sound be a tourist, lost at sea? We lean on the voices of others who have body language, straight lines drawn across a page, one after another, unknown pleasures. Um, These next two pieces are in response to our works. Um, The first one is called The Window, in response to Lily Renaud uh, Duar at the New Museum. A conversation obscured and folds in curtains created to enclose interiors, speakers snug in beds with language truncated by bed sheets, ink stains drip and climb, words engulfed through groundswell, a self-eating, a retracting through absorption. What is hidden holds as much weight as what is revealed, a threshold conversation, a forensic uncovering, the perceived duality of a monologue Can I gesture my desire? Without winking, without looking over my shoulder, without looking at the camera even once. A language of withholding speaks of my want. I'll leave the door open, just enough for wonder. Reaching, cellular drift, upwards, from floor to ceiling, from top to bottom, as above, so below. This is Night in response to uh, Chris Ophelia. Paintings of escape revealed only through the position and angle of reflection, 
a luster toxicity, footsteps absorbed by acoustic tendrils, the absent glow of the new moon, wine, indigo, walnut, iron, the perceived gloss of control. If a fortress calls out, what form responds? An echo of concrete, submerged between pigment, thread, and surface. Um, this next piece is kind of an introduction to a slide short film with sound. Um, so what I'm gonna do is kind of drift away after this ends and the lights will go down, you'll hear sound and I'll turn on the projectors which are gonna be on this wall here. So feel free to stand up and wander um, around here in the space. You don't have to stay uh, seated but you can if you want to. Um, this is called X. Deception has its drawbacks. Yes, he responds. Not to this thought, but a photograph of a page. Chapter three, not somewhere else, but here. Between living in several places, here is known as a shifting horizon. It comes with you, she says. A nomadic landscape of buzzing, shrouded in deep blue clay that forms boats and vessels of elbows and forearms. Stacked along the shore, prepared for travel, but too absorbent to contend with the tides. The clipped page reads its own semaphore. Great light, light, eething, moving, stone, and stone, and to draw this circle. I proceed in fragments, partially, held between two parentheses, finding solace in words that cannot stand alone. He called it a broken language. We sat there on milk crates between two copies of The Road to Omaha, in between stacks of fantasy novels. The film had taken an unsuspecting twist. We had become very good accomplices in the great escape. The daughter will try to make sense of it all by pretending she is a sailor. I read these lines and knew them before they were on the page. How had I not noticed? I was practically living on a houseboat. Here, becoming there, and then here again, all in one long sentence punctuated by metaphors of bodies of water and motion. As deep as, as wide as, as turbulent as, as true as, as long as, in rotation, looping. Drifting would be too obvious a word, carried perhaps, holding between breath and, it's so unlike a line. Why are the shadows so alluring? What kind of war is this connection illustrating? I thought they had all been covered. We know them well. Desire surrounds battle like water, facilitating vessels of tragedy without noticing. The moon remains our silent director. As I searched for answers, the following day the headlines read, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. 11 times and echoing. As the margins are oversubscribed and the supposed blank pages over-inscribed, where then is the portal for peace? Between, I answer, followed by an X, as space gives way to a loss of language. Held by punctuation, 
Signals from two lighthouses continue to flash across the screen, communicating through fragments as breaths continue to locate each other. Waves teach us that geometry is of no use to calculate a proximity that is felt. Single sounds in tandem, inside becoming outside, diminishing distance and dwelling in the space of knowing. Secretly trusting that the next page will always contain enough blank spaces in order to find you. Thank you, Audra. This was really a special evening. Um, yes, a round of applause for Miriam and Audra. The Poetry Project has promoted, fostered, and inspired the reading and writing of contemporary poetry since 1966. Consider supporting us by checking out a reading, becoming a member, or donating at poetryproject.org. 